Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. What a day it has been in World Cup action. Craig Burley, Frank LaBeouf. Stevie Nicol and Kay Murray here in the studio. Let's take a look at how things went down in Group E. For a small few moments, it looked as though both Spain and Germany would be out of the tournament, but Japan defeated Spain to win Group E. Spain still make it through in second due to a superior goal difference to Germany. They crash out, though, for a second consecutive World Cup. Wow, what a day it was. And who would have expected it to be Japan on top of this group. For those just few moments, Frank, it looked as though it was going to be Costa Rica and Japan going through. Yeah, uh, like... Let's welcome in, by the way, Archie Rintut oh, and Luis Garcia. Yeah. But wow, Frank. Yeah, for, for three minutes was like crazy for Costa Rica. I think it was for like 10, 15 minutes, a real roller coaster you know, on, the, on everybody's uh, uh, heads, you know, who's going to go through, what's going to happen. Can you imagine Costa Rica and Japan going through, Spain and, uh, and Germany out? And uh, Germany managed to, uh, to change the results to a low, in fact, Spain to go through. And, uh, but great, I'm, I'm happy because I, we see something nice. We see that football is not all about, you know, the, 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 the level that you have, but it's that you have to prove every day and every game you play that you, you're really worth it. Germany are out. Think about this, Poland are through. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather, I would actually <laughs> rather paint all the bathrooms in the house than watch them play. But they're through. They're through, and that's, you know, yellow cards and blah, blah, blah. But I tell you what, I would have had no sympathy for Spain had they gone out. Can't take anything for granted. I know it was an unlikely scenario, Costa Rica beating Germany, but we've seen the Germans recently. We've seen how fallible they are defensively. And, and, and listen, going into that game, Enrique's side had not qualified. He made the changes against a more than decent Japan side... It's a risk and reward, but what, 70 minutes into the game, give whatever it was, they were out. They were out and they were struggling. How much of that they knew, I, I, I don't know. Well, he claims that they didn't know anything well, about he, what I was going what, on on the other side. didn't know what was going on, then he damn well should have known what was going on. He said, I didn't know at any point that they weren't going out of the tournament. He didn't know is what he said right after that one. But Luis Garcia, Spain go through in second as group runners up and it might just suit them. Yeah, that's what it looks and it looks like the, they might have done it because they, on purpose, uh, try to get second and maybe go against uh, Morocco that it looks like on paper it should be a, an easy game, but it's not like this. I think today, once again, Spain was supposed you have to keep that consistent. You have to be, keep that intensity. And today, the midfield of Spain wasn't at, the, at that standard. I think when you face against a Japanese team, you know that you have to bring the best of the best. You have to run. You have to cope off with that intensity. And today, Spain was probably thinking about if we get a result, if we get just a draw, we are going to be fine. But the Japanese were not taking that. And that's why they suffered just too much. And at the end, you're going to face against a Moroccan team that is not an easy cookie. I can tell you that. I've seen them play quite a, 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 
a while and is a very tough team. They only concede one goal and it's been today an own goal. And they got players up front who can be very, very dangerous. We all know very well in the city, the place in Spain at Sevilla, he arrived fresh into this World Cup. So it's not going to be an easy game. You think that maybe Croatia could have been worse? But I'm not sure about that. We've seen today playing Croatia and it wasn't also a very good team either. Listen, we can throw that conspiracy theory out the window. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, I, I, anybody, they try one again. Anybody that's peddling that needs to give their head a wobble. They beat Croatia at the Euros. Okay, it was a high-scoring match, but they'll fancy their chances against any of these sides. They did not try and lose the game to finish second. They just lost I, the game. I think we got, I think what we saw in this game against Japan is what most of us were talking about, but particularly Luis before the, the competition started, that they had problems up front, scoring goals, and they knew that defensively they didn't really know what they had. That all showed itself today. If you, if you play a game and the opposition only has 18% of the ball and you lose, you, it shows where your problems no, that's, that's are. The, it clearly shows where well, your well, problems well, are. Well, and that's well, what well, we saw well, today. Honestly, they got a barrel load against Costa Rica. Yeah, but... No, Look, but I, I like I the... it, it makes no difference, right? What you saw in this game, 82% of the ball and you lose the game and you lose two goals as well, tells you you've got a problem defensively. And if you've got 82% of the ball and you lose the game, you, you, you're telling me that going forward you don't have a problem. It's staring them right in the face where yeah, the problems scored, are. But they've banged all those goals. And Costa Rica were bad. I, I get that. Germany have put four past in the day. But they have scored goals in this competition. I think it's the other end. You know, Rodri going back in there. Mm. The German defence we saw today, we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. It's, it wasn't, it, you know, you could penetrate that pretty easy. He's put Rodri back in there. He has other centre-halves on the bench. Let's see, natural centre-halves. Let's see what he does now in the knockout phase. Uh, because they do create chances. Uh, I think it's the defensive end that's the problem, not the other end. I mean, what, what, I, what, I, what I like today to see, because... People were saying, oh, he loved the game against Costa Rica. They got the position of the ball, like 80%. They made like more than 1,000 passes, which is the record. Today, 968 passes. For what? To lose 2-1 against a team who barely touched the ball? So what is the reality and the truthness of football? The effectiveness or the position of the ball? I think we have to go through, through also the, 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 what we see and the stats that we are analyzing to maybe go to a conclusion, you know. Yeah, but I what think you... we're missing something here, Frank. This is this is what Spain do. This is this is the model that's been successful for them, albeit with different players. They have been the best team to watch at one point in the world. So, are you they... saying that's the exception but, but, to the rule today? No, no, I'm, I'm saying that that's their methodology. That's the way Enrique wants them to play. That's how they've had success before. They're not out of this competition. They've just been given a bit of a bloody nose. And we're in the corner worrying about it for a little while. But there's no point us sitting here saying tiki-taka, tiki-taka. That, that's, that's been Spain for, what, the last 15, 20 years? But surely, that's, surely that is the point when you have that much of the ball and it's about getting the second goal to finish the game off. I agree. Which is what happened against Costa Rica. Yep. But if you can't do that and then you throw in what you're talking about defensively, it, it's... This game, for me, stares Spain right in the face where the problems are, and it's both at the front and at the back. Luis, what do you think of what the guys are saying? Do you think Luis Enrique does have some thinking to do going forward? No, of course. Every manager has to think about what is the, the, the performance of the team. And today, once again, we have to think that 
every game is totally different. We are trying to compare the game against Costa Rica, where, yeah, Costa Rica, we've seen it today, is a team that it can be quite open. When they had in, ch in, in their hands that they could go through, they start keeping, committing players up front and, uh, and knowing that Germany was going to go against them. They needed to defend a little bit better, and they concede three goals in a row. So that shows that Costa Rica had a lot of problems in defense. But when you go and see and analyze what Japan is going to do against you, we've seen it. When they've done it against Germany, they've done it against Costa Rica. It's a team that has got a plan A and a plan B. And a plan A where they are very organized, very disciplined, very tight. And you've seen it. Spain was playing very well in the first half, trying to move the ball to one side and the other side. But only one chance, two shots on target. That's what they got because they, have no, they don't give any space. And in the second half, Change again. They did it against Germany. They change again the mentality. They start pressing higher. They go good players up front. And then they make quick transitions that can be very dangerous with Spain trying to be open and looking for the second goal. That's what you have to analyze. You know that against teams that they are organized at the back, Spain's always gets problems. It's very difficult to break those lines because they don't have a player who can dribble one, two players like we've seen today, for example, Musiala, uh, Sane, uh, players who on the ball can be one or two players on, 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 on dribbling or on the speed. That's what uh, Spain doesn't have. What is go? Pace on the ball. Bring the ball, uh, tiki-taka, one side or the other side. Try to mm. break those lines moving quick the ball today it was very slow it was uh, not uh, committed up front and at the end you get what you deserve today japan was better with the plan a and the plan b maybe when they made those changes subconsciously in the players mind as well it was <sighs> it was done well done mm. it's like germany will beat costa rica we're kind of done it's a little bit flat there's not the intensity about it there's not the pace I just think it's difficult to make an argument about goals up front when we're in the, we've just finished the third game of this competition and they've got nine. The, the thing Do you know is, what I mean? I, the thing is, that he doesn't make any <laughs> sense. They've got, they got nine goals. The problem Costa is Costa Rica. I understand. Right. But that's the problem. No, the things that can lull you in, into a false sense of security. Yeah, that the fact seven. that you've scored all these goals. But, it's, but the truth is, with so much of the ball, they couldn't really produce well, clear chances against, well, when, against a team that actually defended well. Guys, let's talk about the controversy in this game, though. There's been a lot of talk about oh the second God. goal what from controls? Japan. <laughs> and whether the ball went out of play before the goal was scored. This is the picture that was doing the rounds, basically. And there were different angles of it as well that got everybody talking about. So Japan uh, scoring a second goal in the 51st minute, cuts the ball back from the goal line, but the assistance flag went up for the ball being out of play for a goal kick. VAR decision, goal, ball in play. Uh, our guy, well, Dale Johnson. Referees, referees and, and assistance decision was, was, was a goal. So for the VAR, Fernando Guerrero of Mexico to overturn the decision of the assistant, he has to have definitive evidence that part of the ball is on the line. Importantly, this isn't just about the ball touching the ground. The curvature overhanging the line also counts. So basically, it's the whole spherical part of the, yeah, the ball, ball and if part of that's over it. Some people uh, obviously uh, think it's like the ball has to be touching the line. It doesn't. If you watch players taking corner kicks now, uh, they place the ball close to the quadrant, yeah. and it's not on the line, it's not touching the line. A little bit but, outside, yeah. But it's overhanging the line. And I, I honestly think this is quite simple from, from watching the game and what I've seen, was the referees and these assistants called it live. It was a, it was a close one, and clearly it looks to me as if, we're talking millimetres, but the ball from the angles we've seen or I've seen is overhanging by millimetres, and so... 
the goal stands. It's inconclusive that the whole ball was totally over the line. So you cannot go back and, and rule it out. I, I'm, 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 no, that's I'm, 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 I'm guessing there's somebody close I'll, to us thinks different. Yeah, of course <laughs> I think different. Because I, even if I agree with you, because I think it's what? still in, I don't have the 100%. What do you mean you agree? Is it in or out? No, no. It's, we don't know. You we don't know. We don't know. No, no, no. I said, no, no. It's what I thought. It's what I think. That's my, only my, my own opinion. The VAR is there to, to tell us at 100% if they know and they have to show us or to the broadcast, we can show to the audience, if it's in or out. If they don't have a 100% uh, evidence. conclusion, evidence that it's in or out, you should go back to the decision of the referee. And what was the decision of the referee? Out because the linesman put the flag up. No so goal. you have to go back to no goal. That's what it is. That's the law. That's what has been explained by everybody. So because, and it's a mistake by the linesman, and it's like penalties when you, the, 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 the guy say penalty where they don't wait for the VAR, the referee don't wait for the VAR. Wait for the VAR, don't say anything, then you can change your, your mind. But the ref shouldn't be able to, well, that's the law, is not able to change the law if you're not 100% sure through the VAR. Okay, anyway, it's controversially one way. Spain didn't <laughs> seem to be too upset about it in the end. Germany might be. But let's get to Germany then, shall we? Because for a second consecutive World Cup, Archie, and thanks for waiting for this as well, by the way, <laughs> Germany are out in the group stages. Surely there is going to have to be a rebuild for the national team. You think so? And also just to point out, as I've seen one or two saying on Twitter, Kay, not the first time that Germany have been the victims of a was-the-ball-over-the-line decision at a World Cup. <laughs> so we, we move to why this happened. I think you saw after the first 10 minutes today the complacency that was there against this Costa Rica team. They seemed to think that, hang on, we don't need to give all our energy to roll this team over. And I think Costa Rica sensed that as well. If you look at the overarching reasons as to why they're going out, I think that the balance of this team isn't quite right, that Thomas Muller was continually picked when actually a big decision needed to be made by Hansi Flick to drop him for Nicholas Fulkrug, for Germany to play with a number nine, but also for Hansi Flick to be able to say to some of these big name players, actually, I'm not gonna try and jam you into the team no matter what. It's about how the system works for the team. And I think that ultimately that has cost Germany over the course of the three games that they've had as well. And you wonder, has there been enough of a departure from Joachim Love? Let's not forget that Hansi Flick was an assistant to him. And particularly having just listened to him in his TV interview, I didn't get the sense of the fact that he'd made many mistakes or that there'd been that much remorse for this. But the fact is, the same things keep on happening to Germany in major tournaments. Kay, if I went through with you what happened in 2018, what happened in 2021, and in this tournament, it's the same thing in a bad first game, a better second game where everything looks better, and then a terrible third game as well. It's just they got lucky against Hungary last time, that Leon Goretzka rescued them, and then England put them to the sword. I think that the DFB have to change things. It reminds me the way that they stick to 4-2-3-1. It, it, it gives me recollections of how in England when I was growing up it used to be it's 4-4-2 no matter what and they have to just jam things in there. And as Germany, they do have problems as well bringing through certain types of players. 
But don't forget, Benedict Herbertis, who is not a left-back, played the entirety of the 2014 World Cup at left-back for Germany. There are questions about the lack of fight in this team, although Hansi Flick was very defensive against that when Bastian Schweinsteiger put that to him on German TV. But I think that Schweinsteiger has a point. You've got the Bayern players who I think are far too comfortable in this team. And it's left up to Jamal Musiala, who we got to the end of this game. And it felt like he was just dribbling and didn't feel comfortable passing to his teammates because he didn't trust them. So, yeah, a whole load of problems for Germany. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because Schweinsteiger did say at the back we have one defender of quality in Rudiger and the rest, they're just decent Bundesliga level. He was very cutting in what he said. Hansi Flick said we need to get better at player development, saying that we've been crying out for number nines and strong fullbacks. Uh, defending always distinguished who we were for years. We need to get back to basics. <clears throat> yeah. Why didn't he play one? Can I, I just correct myself? Can, can, <laughs> I, can I just correct myself quickly? Because I was actually watching the Germany game, more than the Spain game, and I didn't realise the referee had and the assistant had given the ball out. Right. And it was changed. Apologise for that. I wasn't watching the Spain game as close because I thought it was a dead rubber. Let's. Go, I still think it was a good goal, by the way. So. I'm not the ref. I suppose I thought that game was a dead rubber. I thought everything was in Costa Rica, Germany. But go back to the Germany point. I was astonished that uh, the big lad, what's his name again, that came on? Phil Krug. Phil Krug. I was astonished he didn't start. He then put Kimmich to right back, and Costa Rica were all, and, and I, know they, I know they won the game effectively, but we're talking about team selection. Costa Rica were always going to be under the cosh. They were going to defend narrow, and there was not going to be much space. And Musiala, some of the dribbles he went on, and, that, that young lad's close control and how he ducks and drops his shoulder and creates space is amazing. Mm. But if you've got at least that big guy, what was it we described as horse rubbish yeah. in the middle, getting balls in the box, it creates space for others. And Hansi Flick can talk about team selection all he wants, but he's had three games and all the friendlies and Nations League and all these games going into it to figure this out. And he hasn't been able to do you, it. You, you, you can't actually tell me, you look at that team and tell me that is such a bad team and, and the Germans have to rip it up and start producing players again. I mean, seriously. I mean, you can argue whether Muller should have played or not, but the well, fact is... Well, it would be nice Muller's to play the players in, the best, in their Muller's... positions, which shows that there are some glaring... Well, I'm going to get there. If you, Muller's playing for one of the best teams on the planet in Bayern Munich every week, and he's doing well, he's doing fine there. Yeah. So don't just start throwing things at Muller. But... But look at, look at, you've got Gunda, Gunda one particularly plays for, again, arguably the best team on the planet. I mean, you, Goretzka, you're telling me Goretzka's not a great player? Come on. So, I mean, I so basically we're looking at the back line. So if you're going to talk about developing players, yes, you need to develop some, some, some defenders. Because that's where the problem is. Defensively. The problem is, Stevie, the problem is, is if, if the weaknesses of the team are not being addressed and you're just basing it all around your strongest players, you need to have them mixing in as well and defending those guys as well and there seems to be a bit of a rift there and the fact is as well Hansi Flick as, as Craig's saying does he know his best team he's picked three different right backs for the group stage games that that is not the actions of a guy who I think okay yeah he definitely knows what teams he, he wants to be playing here so I think that he needs to be playing into the hands of the guys who don't play for Bayern and there's been a lot of talk about how He's such a good man-manager but and how he has such close relations with, with the, the top players. I wonder whether it was too much because I think that sometimes you can't have dessert for breakfast. 
You've got to be, be able to pick the players who are going to fit into that system the best and not just pick, say, Ilkay Gundogan at a number 10 position where you need to be having Jamal Musiala there to get the best out of him for three games. On, we have, I have to remind everybody that Germany won today and, uh, and uh, they lost against Japan. And I want to remind everybody that today Spain lost against Japan. So, yeah, you can be very critical to, uh, to Germany, and I agree with Archie, who I think knows better the national team than we all do. But I have to go with Stevie. When I see Bayern Munich play, playing in Champions League, and you add to that Bayern Munich, Rudiger at the back, and Gundogan in the middle, they're going to win the Champions League. And so, therefore, I think they have a very strong team. So, what did doesn't work? In the national team, I don't have the answer. I think Ansi Flick has to find how to make those players as efficient that they are for the for their clubs. Uh, but there's a big just... drop off. There's a big drop off in terms of the quality of the rest of the Bayern team and what they're playing with uh, at national team level. I think that's part of it. They don't have the one-man sweeping machine in Alfonso Davies at left-back, for example, who can zoom in. And you could see sure. sometimes the reliance in the way that these players are expecting counter-attacks to be swept up as they were when Hansi Flick was at Bayern, but that's not the case. I think as well, on a Japanese level, it's quite amusing that the, the four goals that they've scored in this tournament to knock Germany out are all by players who are based in Germany right now. <laughs> Ritsu Doan scoring twice. Our Tanaka, <laughs> who plays the Fortuna Dusseldorf in the second division as well. And Asano, who plays for Bochum. So I think Amazing. they're going to have some real fun when they go back to their clubs in January. <laughs> saying, yeah. how did the World Cup go, lads? So everything is because of rum on the, uh, on the left side. <laughs> well, but it's interesting. <laughs> I, I think you could make an argument to say he's been their most consistent player in all the three games. Who? The left back. Rum. Rum. Yeah. Archie, when he's saying, though, as well, we're crying out for Genesis number nines. Mm. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm allowed to say something about Germany because it's one of, it was one of my favorite teams getting into this. We are talking about that there's not enough quality on this team. And I think they are top uh, in Europe. All of them, if you have a look, they are playing in all top leagues. I think that the only problem of this team has been the mentality. They come from a, a very big pressure after playing in two massive tournaments. Very, 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 to be honest very bad and when they arrived to this one that pressure of trying to play I think it was just too much they thought that uh, just playing a little bit if you have a look to the players that they got from it's just fantastic there's a lot of quality on that team but the mentality the, the German team has been always a team that overrun every single team that he got in from they just uh, the pressure the intensity has been always very high and you can see that the, from the first minute of this competition they haven't been in that situation and there are not many difficult play, many different players that they will play before and something that shocked me a lot once they finished the game, yes, Muller arrived to the press conference, doesn't even leave the, the stadium and says a farewell to the national team, says that thank you very much for the support. I probably, this is my last game on this. I did everything. What is the mentality of a player who is thinking about retiring from the national team right after the whistle blows when he, you are, have to face uh, the, the opponent? I think the mentality of this team is the one that has changed a lot, not the quality of the players. Luis, just while we are actually talking to you for the minute, we'd like to get a talk on mentality because I wonder what all the Spanish fans are thinking and how their heart rates are when they see Unai Simón, the Spanish goalkeeper, on the ball. What do you think of him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, I guess I, I guess we all have our doubts when uh, he's arrived the ball. Not because we don't uh, uh, we don't know that he's got quality and he's uh, capable of uh, playing with the ball. I think he's, he's he's got a fantastic touch. But that cold blood that he's got, that uh, tranquility that he sh- tries to show, I think doesn't doesn't um, cope with the moments. I think they sometimes get a mistake of yeah. That's the way that I, I arrive here with uh, the, with the confidence of the manager with the with the way that I play. But there are moments where I think that you need to understand that that's not enough for everybody. You are making nervous to the players you go next to him. And because you are delaying or giving the pass, I think the pass to Balde today, it would have been a little bit better or it could have been longer. And you don't put Balde on the spot to a young player 18 that has to go through, have to make a control in the air. So at the end, sometimes you need to think not only on your perspective, also on the perspective of the rest one. And for the supporters of uh, the national Spanish national team, Yes, we get a little bit nervous when he's on the ball. Uh, yeah, uh, interesting. All worked out in the end. Apart from Germany, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from Germany. So what now, Archie? What happens next? Well, Hansi Flick has a contract as head coach of the national team until, up until and including Euro 2024, which is held in Germany. He said that he wants to stay on. I wonder if that would be the right call right now. I think that there needs to be an overhaul of the way that they are doing things at the DFB, at the German FA, because the same mistakes keep on happening. And just listening to the rhetoric of Hansi Flick after this, I I didn't see somebody who thought he'd got a lot wrong when it's staring everybody else in the face. And I think that in Germany as well, you have a lot of people on TV who played under Flick when he was assistant coach uh, to Joachim Love in 2014. And I see a lot of loyalty towards him when you hear them speak about him. But I think that there are some indefensible decisions here. And unless that I think he's able to be a little bit more self-critical publicly, I'm not sure that he's the right guy for Germany in this tournament, in, in the next tournament. I mean, this tournament, definitely not. <laughs> but I think that uh, I, I think that serious questions need to be asked of him and of the DFB, of team director Oliver Bierhoff, because also I think that there were lots of things that didn't work out for them off the pitch. I don't include the one love armband in that. I don't think that that played a role uh, as a little message to Rob Page and Eden Hazard, what they said. But I think that on the football side of things and how they're organising things there, they do have certain weaknesses in certain positions at, at fullback, for example. Uh, I don't want to put it all on, on David Round, Frank, don't worry. Uh, I'm just saying that Alfonso <laughs> Davies uh, is a one-man counter-attacking, sweeping-up machine. But I think that, that there are problems and they need to address them to sweet. Yeah, there is a, there is a, a dictature of emergency in everything we, we, we see. You don't get out of the group stages, bye-bye, get out. We see pl- uh, coaches resigning uh, the, the one after another. Where I know the, we know the coach, we know what he has been able to achieve with Bayern Munich. We know his, uh, his, his talents and what he can do. And you miss a competition, bye-bye, where you have a contract until, until, uh, um, until uh, the next Euro. I don't know, sometimes we have to get the time maybe to, uh, to explore a little bit more and to see where it goes further. Because, you know, his talent is not in, in question, I think. I think he's, he, he proved uh, during his career as a coach that sure. he can be the coach of the national team. Maybe he made mistakes, but who doesn't? Do you know, do you know Archie, I don't, I don't profess to know 
anything close to what you know about the Bundesliga and German football. But as a coach, you lose games. Sometimes you lose games because the players you have aren't good enough. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, at the end of the day, they're out because of what happened against Japan. And they lost against Japan because particularly Sula, and I'm not going to single him out, but particularly him, made mistakes, and Japan showed how defensively they can keep teams out. So sometimes you can't just always blame the coach. Sometimes you don't have the players capable enough. Um, and that's another reason... I'm not going to single Sula out, but you're the national Sula. team coach. Well, no, no, because, no because at the end of the day, he's making so many changes, particularly sticking Kimmich back at right back, because he's looking, he's looking for an answer. You know, you're not sticking Kimmich at right back if you've got a decent right back, because oh, oh. he's better going forward. So sometimes as a coach, you're having to play people in a position where you would rather play them somewhere else, but you don't have another option or another good option. But that's why I disagree, because being a national team coach is different to being coach of Bayern Munich, where you can buy in people to solve your problems. As a national team coach, you know what you have well ahead of the tournament, and you can prepare a system that's going to work within that. And preparing it and playing just what you did at Bayern Munich is not going to be enough. And, and you say he's changing things around. For me, that's indecision, that he's not sure of what his best team is. And how can that be the case three games into a tournament when he's had plenty of games against good standards of opponents to be working things out. And it's not like there have been many, many injuries for Germany. Sure, Timo Werner missed the tournament, but I've not heard his name mentioned by anybody up to this point. So I think that it's about how he fits the cogs together, and that is your job as a coach. And the whole thing with Joachim Löw as well, if you told me that Hansi Flick wasn't in the coach right now, and that it was Joachim Löw, I would have believed you because of the way that this team has played. What has really changed about Germany's performances since 2018, since 2021, until now? I don't see any change, and that's why, for me, I think that now would be the right time to make that coaching change, even if I don't think it is always the answer to change the coach. Maybe there's just a realisation now that, that whilst he did some very good things, ultimately at Bayern, that he's not the second coming of Guardiola or, or Klopp or Ancelotti or whoever has been hugely successful, that that for all the reasons Archie said, that he's had all this time to work with the players and he knew, he knew his squad coming in. He had a couple of injuries, but he hasn't known his best team. He flirted with full-backs and centre-half pairings and striker pairings and one up front and Havertz in and Havertz out. That actually Hansi Flick took advantage of his timing at Bayern Munich. Right place, right time. Goes in there. It's burning down under Niko Kovac. The players hated him. The results were not great. He had lost Muller. He had lost other players. There was so many rumblings behind the scene. I'm so, no, Archie, no more, way more than us. And he goes in there, and he is everybody's friend, which did definitely work at that period at Bayern Munich. And yeah, they got some stuff right in terms of signings and tactical stuff and had huge success. But that worked for a period. And that mm. was just the right place for him at the right time. I think we've seen the flaws here in this guy because he's had all this time we talked about and yet if he was to play another game tomorrow, if they had a managed to get through and they were in the knockout last 16, I'll guarantee you that German team would have changed again. Guarantee you it would have changed again. Thomas Muller would have still started up front, <laughs> I promise you, because for some reason, I don't know. 
Yeah. But well, we will, Nicholas we will Bonkaroo, never know. I don't know what he would have had to have done to get yeah. a start in this tournament. Beats me. I, know. Oh, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Germany are out. Spain are still in it, but they go through in second, which means they drop into a different side of the draw now and they avoid a potential quarterfinal with Brazil. Now it will be Morocco in the last 16, potentially Portugal in the quarterfinals, France in the semifinals. It could be just looking at how things could shape up for them. So how do you see things going forward now for your Spain, Luis? Well, uh, it's not what I see ahead, it's what we've seen today. And yes, of course, I keep my concerns about uh, managing the mistakes at the back, trying to understand that we are going to face against a very tough Moroccan team. But I, I'm still confident that they got uh, enough quality. I think that we got young players with a lot of talent, with a lot of desire, committed what, uh, uh, what Luis Enrique is trying to, to, to do with this team. But again, it's not going to be easy. Morocco is a very, very tough team very disciplined and that's something that we struggle to to beat so yeah can't look at it going this way but what do you think then when a draw does favor you maybe if you look at it that way where you think okay upset they, moroccans again i see i'm not meaning to well, upset the moroccans but if they are it, been there. <laughs> it's fair enough if there's an underdog right which morocco would be to spain fair and square right you'd be classed as perfect. an underdog against spain perfect you're the coach why not perfect so so, so what you've got to do as a coach is make sure that you've got your players on, on the toes. Everybody seeing the draw will go, do you know what? They know, that they know their favourites to be Morocco. So as a coach, it's about making sure that, that that confidence you're going to beat the team because you're better than them doesn't turn into complacency. So that's what Luis Enrique has to do. Make sure that the confidence, knowing you can beat this team, doesn't go overboard and you become complacent. Because that would be their biggest problem. Are you even thinking about the fact that you might avoid Brazil now? Well, that you will but avoid Brazil now, uh, at least until the later stages. Well, if it's to fail against Morocco, what the point, you know? Remember that I ever thought that uh, Spain wasn't the favourites. I think in my prediction, we are completely wrong. I put Spain not even going out of the group stages. It's OK. You had Canada and Denmark. Going yeah, no, that's, why, that's why my voice doesn't talk, you know. But the thing is... is um, is I, th I think that we, s we were, you know, uh, maybe, how do you say that? We thought that they would will, will be fantastic because of the first game that we saw them playing. And, um, and after, we came back to reality. I think that even if they are fantastic talent, for me, they are in a move to another generation and they're not yet ready to be one of the contenders. Is what I think. Maybe I don't know enough about Spain, but I never thought that lately I saw what I saw in 2010, for example, with all that generation. We are talking about Pedri and Gavi being maybe the young Iniesta or Xavi of that national team. I'm sorry, they're not there yet. Of course, they're fantastic players. Of course, that they have, they're going to be there maybe, but we're not yet there. So to expect to be the World Cup champion, uh, I think it's too soon for me. In some roundabout way, today, which was maybe not that close, but certainly that close to being a disaster for Spain as the second half wore on, uh, allows Enrique maybe to go, and I don't know his management style, to go in the dressing room, back to the hotel and say, listen, we take our foot off the gap. We think we got seven against Costa Rica. We outplayed Germany but didn't get the result. But we think we can take our foot off the gas and we're going to win and we're just going to go all the way, that's a reminder for everybody, even though with the changes, that 
you're just not at 100%, particularly now in the knockout, and we're going to go out. And that allows him to go in and do that rather than going in and trying to keep their feet on the ground from another giving somebody a pummeling. He can go into the locker room now and say, guys, take a breath. You know, that's a little kick up the backside and we, can, we need to be a lot better. Yeah. And just a brief one. Uh, Dale Johnson, our colleague, has been at it again and has a definitive, I believe, angle... Oh, <laughs> oh we go me, back. So we start the show again. Oh, no, I know, but it seems to, uh, the producer, the producer just, no, the producer just texts me. It seems Dale Johnson, who's been lying on the goal line all, all, all afternoon with the microscope. Yeah. This one has got. There's been a definitive angle that has come in to show the ball was in, and apparently it was shown. Wait for this. This is the caveat. It was shown on the big screen at the ground, but it wasn't shown in the broadcast. So oh, well. that's that's a shame. But, the, but one of the big I criticisms mean, you, has no. been that we we were all seeing one photo for like an hour, and FIFA weren't coming out to say anything. Otherwise, we weren't hearing why that did stand. So that's why there was Dale all Johnson's this speculation. Dale Johnson's just got his bed tonight, staring at a line. There's a ball in it <laughs> somewhere. All right. The final word then, Luis Garcia. How far is Spain going, and does it change now that they're in this side of the bracket? Uh, it changed, of course, but uh, at the end, if you want to go uh, far away on this competition, it's about it doesn't matter who are you going to face. Now it's Morocco. I think that we got enough quality to beat them. I think it's a fantastic wake-up call, the, the game of today, seeing that it's not going to be every day the game against uh, Costa Rica. And the Luis Enrique needs to continue focusing on what is the next step, what are the changes that he has to do, and if all the changes they have done today have worked the way that he expected. So I expect that Spain to, to win Morocco, but it's not going to be easy once again. All right. Oh. Uh, well, we will... Uh, hold, hold on. Dale Johnson again. Dale Johnson again. <laughs> what? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, he's staring at the line on the, on the ceiling, I remember. Dale, thank you. Thank you so Go much to, to <laughs> Luis Garcia and Archie Rintoff for joining us tonight on ESPN FC. It's always great to get the insight of the guys. Uh, make sure you check us out on Extra Time over on our YouTube page. Keep up to date with the guys answering your questions and find out if it is acceptable to wear white after Labor Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Can you remember the last time you had fun on a bike ride? Lecture e-bikes, the number one seller of e-bikes in America, is here to bring fun and joy back to biking. Their riders routinely say they feel like kids again riding these bikes, and one even said, 
I'm a 46-year-old man and can honestly say I haven't had this much fun on a bike since I was 10 years old. These e-bikes from Electric are fast, up to 28 miles an hour. They offer lightweight and foldable e-bikes so you can easily take them on the go to explore national parks, campgrounds and more. Even if you don't have a truck, trailer or bike rack, many of their models will fit in the trunk of a car. They also offer long-range batteries that provide over 65 miles of range so you can explore further and longer. Head over to electricebikes.com today and take their bike quiz to find a model that's perfect for your needs. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Just a reminder that ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid and Belgium are exiting the World Cup at the group stage two. They needed a win against Croatia, but they could only draw nil-nil. Romelu Lukaku missing some big opportunities in this game. The draw was enough, however, for Croatia to advance, while Morocco will top this group after beating Canada in the last group game 2-1. Heartless. <laughs> My curse is over. Your curse is you've, over. You've got to be heartless if you didn't at least feel some sympathy for him crying at the end. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it, it, was a, it, it was a... He didn't try He's not fit. I mean, I get fit. it. Well, he had four... I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses. The header and he that. He was what? so unfortunate. Oh, Crumsey, it's up. It's up well, to you. What do you want to see? I but mean, I think he was unfortunate. So did you feel for him, Craig, then, after this game? Yeah, because it clearly... It clearly meant, as it should do, the world to him. But we can argue, I mean, and I know Stevie's not his greatest fan, and I don't think he's the greatest striker that's ever walked the planet, but he's got his fair quota of goals. He hasn't played enough games, he's not fit. And when that final whistle went, you knew that he felt that although the team had played badly, he felt that way of, I've just missed three or four, four. Yeah. unbelievable chances. Yeah. And the emotion just come through. Uh, it's like, we're out of the World Cup and I should have scored the goals to get us there. I, I got to tell you, I felt terrible for him. Yeah. You know, after, after the first chance, which actually was tough because he had a defender and a goalkeeper in front of him, so he had to go wide, which is why it's hit the post in the first place. And so when that happened, Dan Thomas called me. <laughs> he was like, Lukaku, Lukaku, right? And I was, I carried on with it. But then the next chance came, and then the next one. That's terrible. And by the fourth one, I, I, I can tell you, I wasn't smiling. I felt awful. I felt awful for him. Is and it? any professional who doesn't feel awful for him shouldn't call themselves a professional because nobody, nobody likes that to see that happening to anybody. I think what he, awful. Thinks, what he thinks in his head, in his mind, is I could have been the hero. I could have saved that average team and I could have, we could have gone through if I would have scored at least one of, uh, mm. of those goals or those chances. And he said, and people's going to hammer me because I should have scored at least one, you know, and we all agree with that. And I, I feel symp sympathy for, for him because I know he's a hard worker. I know he's been unfortunate. And it, it, it's just, he went every time in the bad place for him to put it yeah. in. That's crazy. That doesn't make any sense. And well, it would be the easiest chance he was going to get. The, well, I say the easiest. There was a couple of easy ones. But arguably the one at the back post that he was just about to put it in with his left foot. Exactly. Happy days. All my pain's over. <laughs> Young, is it Guardiola? 
Aye. Yeah, the exactly. Old, the, young, yep. the young Croatian left-sided centre-back made one of the best last-ditch challenges. Well, I mean, it was super, super defending. And I think that summed it up for, uh, for Romelu Lukaku. But that's kind of the Lukaku story. Shall we get to the to the to the main course? Well, well, Roberto, let's get yeah, let's get to the fact yeah, let's get to Roberto Martinez Roberto because Martinez. the problems run way deeper than what's happened today with Lukaku, don't right. they? We've just talked about Hansi Fleck team selection, juggling, changing things, unsure. What about this guy? What about this guy? Back three to start, and a back four. The more changes today, which it had to do. No Hazard in the eleven. And they played better. Oh. Eden Hazard well, dropped. Oh, Eden Hazard got five minutes. Everybody else came on before Eden Hazard. I don't think. That's a shock, isn't it? And that's the guy that played in your first two games. I don't think anybody was picking Hazard today. No. Let's be honest. And I think it was it was an absolute nail in the coffin that he'd admitted he made the wrong choices by the fact that he was the last player to come on. And he came on when he did. Uh, and I think... When you look at big decisions, and that's what he's been brought in to do, and I know the Belgium camp has had its problems, and there's been allegedly some arguments in that, but he went into the tournament with one of the least, one of the most out-of-form players at big clubs in the last three years. Gave him the captaincy, as Stevie has mentioned, which put more pressure on... Uh, he could have went to Eden Hazard before the tournament and said, listen, if he was clever and said, listen, come on, I, you know... You know the score. This is a big tournament. You've not played enough. So I don't know if I'm going to play you. So it's Vertonghen or Aldevero or De Bruyne. They're going to lead the team because I can't, con I can't convince myself that I'm going to play you. I think it was, but he did. I think he was stubborn in a way that they had their chances to be that golden generation that everybody's talking about. In 2014, in 2016, maybe, yeah. maybe 2018. This was the second oldest 11 in a World Cup game this yeah, century. Yeah, that's what it is. That's, you were at the end of a cycle. I told everybody about the 2002 French team, where the coach should have had the guts to say half of the team, myself included, bye-bye, bye-bye, you're not there anymore. You're not part of the, uh, of the present. You're for sure not part of the future. But we have to recreate that. It's what I said in a message to Didier Deschamps. Make sure that... Into, from 2018 to now, you will have some changes to make sure that you can still win the World Cup. With that Belgic team, no, there was no chance with all those players. They are all talented. They have a fantastic career, but they're too old. Or they're, too, they're there at the end of a cycle. That's the real reason. And that's very important. And he tried to convince himself that he could do it with those players. It was too stubborn. Well, he had confirmed in the post-match presser that he took the decision to leave at the end of his contract already before the World Cup. Right decision? Yeah, 100%. You know, we were talking, we were talking about Hansi Flick earlier about decision-making. There is no argument. Did, this, did, did he actually get any decision correct? I'm not so sure he did. Whether it's, whether it's team selection, whether it's making Hazard the captain, you know, the unrest amongst the team as, as well, is partly down to him as well. Part of his job is to, to be able to smell out problems and, and put the fires out before they start. So I can't think of one thing in this whole tournament that he's actually got, I'll tell a lie. He did, he got one right, he didn't play Hazard today. <laughs> that is the only thing he's got right in this, this tournament. So yeah, unfortunately it's gonna end poorly for him, but Right, I don't think right many decision. of us in Belgium, Frank was talking about the squad and that, I don't think many, I never fancied Belgium, I, I thought they would get out of the group, 
don't remember what my bracket was. I think I said Belgium would get out. I don't know. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised they haven't looked great. Mm. I, I'm flabbergasted that... Uh, I mean, Wales played Ramsey and, and Bale, right? But Wales... And I don't think it was a, the smartest decision, but they really haven't got... You look behind, you go, all right, you're playing. He has... All right, he doesn't have a hazard in, of, of 2015 at Chelsea or whatever it was, but he still has guys that are playing at a good level and are actually fit. And he, actually, and, and he still made that decision. Now, that's one in many, but it was a big one. Let's be honest. The game that they won, the opening game, they got, they got pummeled by like Canada. Canada. Yeah. Pummeled. That's how bad this Belgian side have been in this competition. I, I, think, I think what, what the, when the player comes and the coach comes to explain that everything goes well into the group, you know, <laughs> and justify themselves, it was, you know, that there are problems inside and issues are there. Uh, the Bruyne um, um, uh, comment that he made that they were too old, then the answer from Vertonghen, we all know that exists. We, all, we are sure that they, are, they have issues inside the squad and that it's impossible to, if you don't stick together, it doesn't work. So another team that's got to go back to the drawing board, but it's Morocco who topped that group. Many would not have seen this one coming. They did get a win over Canada on the final day here, securing a World Cup knockout spot for the first time since 1986. They've been fun to watch, haven't they? Well, uh, it's, only f it's only fair. I mean, what they showed during the, the three games, it's only fair. And uh, they are talented players. And, uh, and it's going to be very, very hard to Spain to, uh, to fight against uh, that Moroccan team. They have their chances to go to the quarterfinal, for sure. They're committed. When you watch them playing, they're committed. If you're a football fan, I don't care what team it is you're playing, I don't care the name in the jersey, I don't care what national team it is, what club team it is. When you go and watch a game of football, you want to see players that are committed, who give everything, and it gets you excited. That's what they do. That's what this team does. They make you want to watch them play. You've got some good players as well in there. Yeah. We've seen Zia, Shenisiri. Like, it's a bit like Senegal now in a way that they've got England and, you know, most people just think because of the injuries and, and to, to Mane and the suspension of Adrisa Gay and, you know, they think that's oh, just going to be a walkover. But for Senegal, they're energetic. They've got a bit of belief about them now. They've got some pace in wide positions from Morocco. They've got some good organisation, some big, strong guys and a little bit of flair in the attacking areas. Yeah, it's going to be tough. There's going to be a lot of sort of chasing the ball around against Spain. Mm. Uh, we've talked about their stats over the games in terms of their passing. But hey, knockout stage, be hard to beat. Uh, Spain have an off day. Who knows? Better to be there than not. Yeah, that is the case. We are definitely seeing some of the nice stories shaping up and the group stages aren't quite over yet. Let's just take in a look at the top half of the bracket. That's where Croatia will find themselves. Obviously, Croatia were the beaten finalists in 2018. By the way, Ivan Rakitic thanks Luke, thanked Lukaku on Instagram afterwards. A little bit heartless. He what? <laughs> he thanked him afterwards. Oh, thanked Lukaku afterwards on Instagram. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's, anyway. It don't get much lower than that. I'll tell you what, anyway. I'd get on a flight to Spain and he'd be getting a punch in the nose. Uh, <laughs> it don't get much lower than that. Let's talk a little bit about the top half of the bracket then. Netherlands, USA, Saturday. The two teams facing off in the last 16. Let's get the latest from the US camp from Sam Borden. 
Christian Pulisic said it was excruciating, both the injury he sustained scoring that game-winning goal against Iran and having to explain the specifics of what a pelvic contusion is to the world media afterward. In terms of playing on Saturday against the Netherlands, Pulisic wouldn't guarantee 100% that he's going to be out there, but he did say he's going to try everything he can to find his way onto the field. It was very painful, and it, it just, you know, that bone is there for a reason to protect you, I think, and I, I, I hit it well, and uh, it was sore, but uh, like I said, I'm getting better. I'm taking it day by day right now, and I will do everything in my power to, to you know, work with this medical team and uh, make sure that I can, I can play. Pulisic's goal, which sent the U.S. to the knockout rounds, was his first in a World Cup and brought to mind for a lot of fans Landon Donovan's famous goal against Algeria in 2010. When Pulisic was asked about what it was like to have had his World Cup moment, though, he said, I hope I haven't had it yet. I hope it's still to come. In Doha, Sam Borden, ESPN. Thanks so much, Sam. So, Netherlands against... What are you laughing for? Well, because well, 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 I know it's coming. Well, we've all had a bash at trying to figure out... I know it's coming. Uh, ...what pelvic contusion actually means. We actually... Well, we pretty much know what it means, but how long they're going to be out and, and uh, if he's going to play or not. I, 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 I he's going to be all right. I think he's kind of... A oh, dead. there you go. He's going, he's going to be all right. I said that. I followed him. He said that. He made an interview after the game and he said after the... the day by day. He said... He said day day. Yeah, but he said he feels the pain when he runs. Well, but if he doesn't well, move... Unfortunately, he doesn't got to run. That's a bit of a problem. Come on, you're giving a little... That's a bit of a problem, No, they give him a little injection. He's got, he's not going to feel anything. That's all right. Anti-inflammatory. He's just going to be all right. You're like the old days. Excuse me. It's a difficult conundrum for, for Berhardt on the way, isn't it? Because, you know, we talk a lot about uh, concussions and how it's to be taken out of a player's uh, decision-making, particularly on the field, and that's, that's rightly so. Here we have a scenario where, you know, Pulisic is thinking, oh, jeez, I might... What if we go out to the Netherlands? What if I don't play? Do I risk leaving it to the quarterfinals if we get there? And, you know, maybe he tries to risk it. I mean, I suppose in some sense we have five substitutions, so it's not the disaster it might have been right. with three subs. A little bit of extra leeway. And he can't, he can't but if, you're, if you're close to fitness, Frank... You go for it. You go for it. Of course you go for it, and you don't risk more. It's like a dead leg, what he had. You know, it's, it's a kick, so it's very painful, and, uh, and, uh, and that I know. But if you get it warm, and I'll just you can try go it on through you. it. <laughs> tell you what, then, tell you what. Give me a come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick! Yeah! <sighs> Do you, think you'll, be, do you think hey. you'll be back for the next show? No chance. No, hold on, no hold chance. On. Yeah. I need my three days did off. Not, did he not say he was an actor at one point? <laughs> well, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Listen, what is most important <laughs> is whether Pulisic makes it into Stevie's combined 11 oh. for the Netherlands USA. This, this was interesting. Go on, Stevie, talk us through it. Hey, why have you got to well, you've got to play Pulisic. We don't know whether he's, he's fit or not. It's but four and a half-ish. Well, see, has a chance. You've got to play him. Depay. I mean, you can't... You can't it, it, the pie's not played. And only has him, but who's right. going to play in a, a, well, an American centre forward? He started one game. None, yeah, none the of them would come close to even seeing the goal, never mind scoring. And of course, Gagpo. Yeah, Gagpo. Arguably the player of the tournament so far, he has to play. Destiny. In the middle of the park, Musa and Adams, I think, 
Absolutely. You know, I don't McKinney. think you play classic. What about McKennie? McKennie's been excellent. Well, it was either McKennie or De Jong, and quite frankly, right. I think you've got to go and with De Jong because he's a better footballer. And if you're playing that three, you've got Adams and Musa yep. to do a lot of the yep. a lot of the dirty work and let De Jong play. What is the goalkeeper name? What are you? No, well, I <laughs> you you pick the two. Is that name? Is that? I couldn't pick between the two of them. No part of oh, the really? To be honest. Okay. Because yeah. they're as bad as the other, or they're as good. No, because they, they, they've, they've both let in a goal. They've both had ten say. I mean, everything <laughs> that's happened is exactly the you same. You have to choose one. I bet that sounds like some. All right, I'm going to choose Turner then because he plays with the Rev, or he used to play with the Revs. <laughs> that's a bit. Uh, that sounds like something that happened. Somebody says to you when you go to the doctor, "I'm really sorry, but you've got no put Turner." <laughs> no put. <laughs> so, what's that? What's that? What way does he say you've got to choose one? And you took you took Luis Van Gaal. You took I took Gaal. Louis Van Gaal over Bear Halter. Yeah, I mean, seriously, are you actually questioning that? No, no. You, <laughs> Come on. No, 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 no. Come on. If uh, there was one thing it was impossible to get wrong in that, it was choosing the coach. Oh, Come on, let's be honest. Oh, 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 oh. All right. Well, we'll see if yeah, but, yeah. we'll see if Sebi's calmed down after was his it, reaction it, to it, Mexico's exit. Oh. oh. On Football America's oh, la, la. latest edition coming live from Qatar every single night throughout the World Cup. Make sure to check it out. There'll no doubt be a lot more talk about the US. Make sure to join us on ESPN2 on Saturday from 8 a.m. Eastern. We will be looking ahead to that game between the USA and Netherlands, and we hope you will join us for it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. A reminder that ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. And we're just taking a look at the Group H standings here with Ghana and Uruguay facing off in Group H tomorrow to see who follows the already qualified Portugal through to the last 16. Is this going to be a grudge match for Ghana after what happened in 2010? Well, Luis Suarez, who had the handball that oh, yeah, stopped I remember the good. ball going in for Ghana and then they missed the ensuing penalty. 
got the red card, got sent off. He said, I didn't miss the penalty. It is not my fault. Well, let's send it out to Qatar for more on this game with Alexis, Jules and Nadem. Yeah, Kay, we are back as our fabulous Doha set with this skyline, and it's been a World Cup filled with drama and a day filled with drama today. But we're turning our eyes to tomorrow because that is when Ghana go up against Uruguay yet again in a World Cup. Time for revenge, Jules. <laughs> everyone's trying to paint it like it's going to be a grudge match, Jules, and Ghana still feel hard done. They're still hanging on to what happened and Luis Suarez on his hand. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? I think revenge might be a bit too strong here. It was 12 years ago. It's a long time. You know, some of the Ghanaian it's players... It's a lot of hurt, Jules. No, I know, but some of those Ghanaian <laughs> players who will play tomorrow were very young at, or young at the time. But they feel the hurt. I'm sure, I'm they sure. Although, although Luis Suarez didn't miss the penalty. Yeah. You know, Asamoah Jan had Fair. that chance, you know, and penalties... XG on the penalty is 0.8 because they, they get scored 8 out of 10 times. So, so they, they could still have won that game and qualified and not go to penalty and then were heartbroken like that. However, where I see this game very differently is for me, Ghana are the favourite before this game because they've played better than Uruguay, who've been a mess. They have more certainties. They have a good direction of what they want to do and how to approach this game. Whereas for Uruguay, they're not way, nowhere near there at all. So... It might be different, but this is the chance for them to put it right then. Well, I also had Ghana going through in this one, so I'm glad to hear that you have them as favourites <laughs> in this. Nadam, I don't think you had Ghana going through because you're still salty about uh, how they kept Nigeria uh, out of the World Cup, but uh, no what, problem. Did they Nigeria? Uh, who, do you see, who do you see going through in this one along with Portugal? Well, this pains me to say it, but I do think Ghana are going to go through. Uh, I, I do uh, think it, I'm going to get behind them. You're a black star, really. Come you're a black yeah. star. Do you know, it's not even that. Like, 100%, I hope they go through. I really, really do. I yeah. think rep them representing Africa and representing West Africa specifically yeah. is a huge deal. And, and I, know, I know he says, you know, revenge isn't a thing. It's a but thing. It's definitely a thing. It's 100% a, <laughs> a thing. And do you know what I would ask you? If you were on the line, would you throw your hands up? I think I might have a, a bad reflex there. I don't think you, you know, would, so you know. I don't think you would. It's not Have natural. you ever been in that position while playing where you could you could have saved it or you could have done something a bit similar? Be honest. No, do you know what? I don't think I have. And the reason I say that is because like, I've got a big grievance with handballs, yeah? Because when mm. people say like defender's arms in a natural position made itself bigger, as the defender, why would you ever want to touch the ball with your hand in the box? So it's not something yeah, that's in yeah, your mind. Yeah. You spend all your time trying not to do it. So it's, lo and behold, it's usually the attackers that are trying to cheat. But, you know. <laughs> I was just going to say, he's not one. Yeah, as Make if he's never will. you. Because yeah. Jules is an attacker. He's Did a very, he's a very good attacker. No, he's no, no. He's he does everything. He's a, he's oh, a. Oh, what a man! He's a thank you. He's a special number eight at the moment. Thank yeah, you. He's doing thank very well. Much. All right, so both of you have Ghana going through then. Yes, hundred percent. Oh, I love to hear that. Good boy, Nader. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud <laughs> of you. you. Put that grudge match aside. Growth, growth. All right. Well, like we said, Portugal already through. They're also in action against South Korea tomorrow. Um, but Cristiano Ronaldo, he's been, he stays in the headlines. Jules, let's let's be honest with that. And he has been back in the headlines. We know by now that he's not with a club after what happened at Manchester United. We're hearing that he could be in for a massive payday in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's right, with Al Nasser, uh, where the offer, I believe, is with Cristiano's lawyers and they're studying it. He hasn't said yet if he wants to take it or not. I think he's, he's, and he's right. You know, take your time. There's no rush. He might get other offers come January, for example, after the World Cup, especially if he does well in the World Cup. So this one is there. You know it's there. You can take it at any time. You can reject it at any time. See what else is on the table for you. Exotic leagues, maybe not so exotic. Maybe in Europe, maybe mm. one of the big five leagues, maybe a top club in those leagues. I don't know. It's a lot of money we're hearing. Like but the amount we but pay. But, but I was going to say, but yeah. Per day or per Ooh. year? Yeah. 
but nothing will ever come close to that financially yeah. i mean so and i think he knows it so he's got this he can choose the the huge financial offer and we'll have i'm hoping for him other offers that are with less money but maybe a more interesting project football wise do you think there's too much money to turn down Cristiano has earned a billion, a billion dollars and, already. And you, so, so that's the way you'd see it if you were hundred percent. So you can choose the money. money off the pitch anyway than on it. Yeah, as well. And to be fair, a lot of that money offered on the table is also due like, with some of sponsors of that club and everything. It's not just pure wages. I just, I would want, I would want, I, I'm hoping and I want to believe that right now Cristiano doesn't make his next move based on money. Mm. Not now. Not when it's this the last, you know, this is the last few years of his career. You can't base but that on money. But that's when people sure. usually do it, though. For anyone else, that's when they usually do it. Yeah, but a lot of them see there as, oh, it's, this is the last big paycheck. Yes. Yeah. You know, a bit like, well, no, I'm kidding. But, 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 but not, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but oh, not for him. On the show today. Not wow. for him. Not after everything that he's done, all the money that he's earned. He surely, he has to go for pleasure now. And I'm really not sure that Saudi Arabia would be where he takes the most pleasure. All right, well, let's focus now on Group G because we've got our resident Switzerland expert here, Nadam, uh, the Swiss in action <laughs> against Serbia, Cameroon up against Brazil. Who do we see getting through? The Brazilians Whoever scores the most goals, cool. I guess, you know. No, but Brazil is already through. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if anyone doesn't understand what's going on, you need to watch the episodes from like two weeks ago. There was an incident, but anyway. Uh, but anyways, but now anyways. you've learned a lot about Switzerland, so how do you see your boys? Yeah, I see them going through. I had them going through in, the, in my uh, bracket, and I'm going to double down. It's going to happen. I think, obviously, Brazil, feel like they're a class apart but mm. with Switzerland they do actually move the ball pretty well they can control games quite well and that Serbian side even though they had the high of say being 3-1 up the fact is they showed a significant weakness so I think personally they will sort of back me up and if they finish second in the group it means that I can go on another day on the show because it shows I might have a clue what I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> well Cameroon are also in that group they're still in it with a small shout there especially with the fact that they go up against Brazil but we're hearing since Brazil are already through they could play a B-side have, have you seen the B-side yeah the B -side? well the B-side still lit but Jules yeah. Cameroon any chance I, I, as much as I would love them to, uh, of course, uh, I don't think this one is possible. When, when your reserve front four is Anthony, Rodrigo, Martinelli and Gabriel Jesus. Forget about it. Yeah. So Switzerland. Yeah, definitely. All course, right. We're course. going with the Swiss. Right. Now that that's out of the way, boys, let's talk Belgium. Let's talk Belgium because what a story of the day. Jules, I know you were at that game. It was just a draw with Croatia, but that was enough to send them crashing out on what's been... A, a disappointing match, a disappointing tournament, mm. and probably the fact that this is a golden generation under a manager that we respect in Roberto Martinez, but there's still nothing to show for it. So we can probably call it a, a disappointing era for Belgian football. Yeah, I mean, it depends where, obviously, you you gauge the, the disappointment or not. They, obviously, 2016 quarterfinal defeat against Wales in that Euros, that's, that's yeah. a failure. 2018, I think, was their competition, really, and that, that loss in the, in the semi-final against the French on a set-piece, really thin margin again. They could have maybe won on another day. This time, they didn't go their way, and I think psychologically, they're still hurting them. Then a, another quarter-final in the Euros in 2021 against Italy, the future winner. So you've lost, you've lost against France, the future winner. You've lost against Italy, who went on to win as yeah. well. And today, it felt like really the end, the end of that, of, of that generation. Although, after the game, Vertonghen said, I'm staying, he's 35, okay. Aldeverell said, I'm staying, he's 33, okay. okay. Dries Mertens, who's 35, said, yeah, I think I'm going to stay. I'm like, well, hang on, hang on, come on. Well, you say that, but so Martinez has left, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, this is such an interesting time for them, and it's not because 
the next World Cup's in four years is because the next Euros are in 18 months. And for those players, those Euros are happening at the end of the next season. And I think yeah. for me, I can picture what those players will look like next season, but I can't see what they'll look like in four years' time. So it's a tough position but to sort of want to retire. But although, it's not, I think. Although, and you say that, you say that, but I believe the bigger thing comes with who they hire next. Yeah. They don't have the biggest budget and all that, but... The next person coming in may essentially retire those players themselves anyway. He should. If he wants to build for the future, this he is he's no, no, but you start Jules the cycle. Is ready to retire also. No, no, but listen, hear me out. <laughs> he's retired Luis Suarez. Yeah. He's going to retire this Belgian team. Tata Martino. Uh, Tata Martino, Casa. he's retired. All of that. This is a new cycle you start. This is not an 18-month cycle. It yeah. cannot be. So already, whoever comes in, Thierry Henry wants the job, for example. I yeah. don't know if they would mm -hmm. give it to him. He's part of the technical staff of Martinez. But you start a new cycle now, a new four, six-year cycle, not 18 months. So whoever comes in, could be you, could be me, could be... You already have to think about 2026, not even that Euros 2024 in Germany. Your, your aim and your, your long-term plan has to include the 2026 But you don't plan. need experience with that as well, though. Yeah, but you've got some 31-year-old Eden Hazard, Kevin De Bruyne. So it's not like you're going to go from getting rid of Vertonghen, Aldeverel, Witzel, Mertens, who are all 33 or 35, and then find yourself with 18-year-olds and 20-year-olds. Mm. You'll have, I think, the right mix. But whoever comes in will have to have the courage to say to Vertonghen, Aldeverel, listen, you've been great. You, you've got over 100 caps, but this has to stop now. Well, it'll be interesting what whomever comes in probably has to say to Romelu Lukaku because we know he had a hat-trick of chances in that match. It didn't go through. These boys had a heated discussion downstairs about which goal he probably should be flamed for more, but we can't even get to that right now. Okay, we're probably going to have this discussion off-camera, but massively disappointing day uh, for the likes of Belgium and Germany, and this World Cup just keeps on bringing the drama. Back to you guys. Thanks, Alexis. Gavin Jules also with their podcast. The latest one will be dropping on Friday. That coming too from Qatar. And check out Sunderland against Millwall Saturday, 7.30 a.m. Eastern. It's on ESPN Plus. You can keep up to date with the championship there every single weekend. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Well, that will do it for the latest edition uh, of the show. But yeah. stay right where you are, because these guys will be answering your questions on Extra Time. Maybe. Maybe. They will.
Extra Time is brought to you by Globant. Thank you so much for being with us. Stevie Craig and Frank here with me, Kay Murray. And uh, we've got your questions coming in here. And I, I did something for you today, Frank. What did you do? I wore white after Labor Day. Oh, true, true. <laughs> I was told that after Labor Day, which is September 4th, is that correct? You're not allowed to, uh, to, to wear white okay. until spring. Okay. According to uh, Alejandro Moreno. Moreno. For the fashionista himself. Well, you know, but it's like it's like seven months without wearing white. I don't know. American people will uh, let us know if it's true or not. White ripped jeans. Where are they tonight? Well, I got rid of them uh, because I didn't want to upset anybody. You know, I, I'm I'm okay. Like uh, personally, we don't wear much white. What about a white golf top? I've seen people wearing white golf shorts. No, you're not. White. It's forbidden. Not allowed. Not allowed. It's from from the pound. How you say from the from the pound? Like you say, like it's not forbidden, but it's frowned frowned upon. Well done. Frowned upon. It's like turtlenecks. No, that's very well. That's like uh, Sean Connery told me, you know. And what is his favorite recipe? Uh, food goulash. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. He's dying to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Frank Leboff, first bald man in France. <laughs> first what? The name of the person who said this in is Frank Leboff, first bald man in France. Remember, you were oh, the yeah, one true. Yeah, who yeah, made yeah. it possible for yeah. everyone else to be proud to be bald. Yeah. Oh, okay. Everyone starts, including Kay, on Japan winning Group E, losing to Costa Rica but beating Germany and Spain while playing relatively well. So Japan winning Group E. So what oh, is it's the a question? complete shock, isn't it? It's a complete shock. Everybody, everybody had Germany and Spain going through comfortably. But it's certainly anything but comfortable. Now the thing is, that it can be an accident if you beat Germany 2-1, you know, and have the same scenario against Spain. <laughs> and you say, is it an accident twice? Or, or maybe that's the way you want, they want to play. 18% yeah. of the position of the ball says a lot about how you want to play. So it's everything but an accident for me. You'll take losing to Costa Rica if it means that you beat Spain and Germany and win the group, right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's not a surprise. Well, maybe it is. It's definitely not a surprise they won the group. I mean, less so if they'd squeeze through. But it's not the first rodeo, you know. They've been in World Cups before and they've been they've been quite competitive. Got a lot of guys playing in Bundesliga and other leagues around the world. <laughs> a decent side. Sure. It's However, finishing top. Well done. That's Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that one coming, right? Why have there been so many second half goals this tournament? Extra time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, they're just feeling each other out in the group. Tell you, a lot of games have got really exciting towards the end, haven't they? And, you know, just permutations and, <clears throat> and all that. Maybe players are getting a little bit tired. I know the games have been closer together. Maybe a lot of changes. Yeah, maybe. Everybody's making four and five changes yeah. every time, so that kind of disrupts the shape and the gaps and everything else. Maybe that's the reason. It's mm -hmm. tough. Put your finger on it. All right, question for all the guys. I love how you just call that out. <laughs> Done. In case, you know, forget. Ask the question Done. again. Done. Yeah. All right, question for all the guys. In your honest opinion, what does Canada have to do to be an actual competitive team in 2026? Well, I think there's one man. I think, I think we'll go to the that. bracket, man. Me? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, 
I was very surprised by the way that the, the, the fact that not have you say that they're going to do well would be a start. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, very disappointed by uh, uh, David playing at front. You know, I saw him playing for Lille and he did very well just before the World Cup. So I thought it would be a very, very much a plus for that team at front and scoring goals, which wasn't the case. I think it's uh, they are one, one plan uh, for Mr. Herman. Is that, is that correct? The name. Okay. Was, uh, and that, uh, that in fact, is trying to put Antonio Davis in different positions to try to change the tactic. But it's, the, it's too much demanding to only one player. I think uh, Canada, Canada should be able to have more players uh, interesting and, uh, and being more effective. Um, well, you know, I was disappointed, so... Uh, the first game was I almost... I Antonio Davies is. Did you say Antonio Davies? Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies. <laughs> well, you know... Uh, I didn't want to say anything. Oh, yeah. It. But it was almost like the first game where they were brilliant. Didn't win. Played really well. It was almost like, oh, we're at a World Cup. It's been since 1986, and this is the euphoria, and it was like they took that on the field, and then reality kicked in that they'd lost, and then they had to play... A Croatia side, they started brilliantly again against Croatia. They got that goal from uh, Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Fred. The first goal. No, no, but you're right. You know, uh, I made a mistake. Davis, and then the quality. No, I think, I think the, fir the, the first game when they should have lost against Belgium, yeah. in fact, killed them. And uh, it was quite unfair that he didn't right. win against Belgium. Here's a question for you. How many, when you were getting off the aircraft, from here? Entering, no. <laughs> entering the United States to go through immigration. When yeah. you were getting off the aircraft, yeah. how many steps down the aircraft were you before you thought, I think I've made a pig's ear of this bracket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Canada and Denmark are going to be the same. How many steps down the No, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer and I believe in fairy tale. That's oh. why I put Denmark, you know, <laughs> winning the World Cup for. for and yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, a dreamer. Did you start singing Super Trump on my very drummer. first show? Not oh, a dreamer. Yeah. A dreamer. I know when he came in the studio. <laughs> the first day he was in the studio, he went, You know, you're all going to be struggling if this really happens. <laughs> <laughs> we were all, we were all yeah, right. Aye. Frankie. Aye. You know, I want to talk to no, Canada. Hang on, Denmark. you did what yeah. Herdman did. You, you betrayed me, guys, you know. Look at what they're doing to me right now. Next time. You did what Herdman did, having right, all that bravado, telling us we were all in trouble. Right, that's the one. Yeah, to that's the Canadian no, one. No, no, no. Do the one in Danish to the camera. No. I, talk, I should just say Denmark, too. I oh, say right. Denmark, you know, guys, you know. I talked to Schmeichel, I talked to it because I don't say Schmeichel. You say Schmeichel. James Bond. Schmeichel. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Schmeichel. Peter Schmeichel. Okay, we said we're going to do a very short explanation. What? You ruined Elsa's birthday, the Danish lady. Really? Yeah, remember. Oh, yes, Elsa. His name is. I'm very sorry, Elsa. Happy birthday again. Whatever, whatever. Frank. Do you oh, see? Yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> Frank, do you see any of the shock teams, Australia, Japan, and Morocco, progressing to the quarterfinals? You know what? Until yesterday, uh, I thought I had a curse. You know, <laughs> I was the curse for any team that I was cheering for. So I'm not going to say cheering for. So I'm not going to say anything. I think having seen so many surprises right now, I believe that any team can beat any team. I really think that at the end of All the... Right. Poland? No. <laughs> well, France? Oh, wait, why not? Yeah, no, why not? You know? <laughs> I say, no, the no. thing is, we'll have to make a conclusion maybe at the end of the World Cup to see if all the so-called team 
of the level that we thought they should have. I think, I think, I don't know if it's the so-called small teams who are better or the other who are uh, Big worse. Big teams who are worse. Yeah. So we're going to see because I think there isn't any too much also differences <laughs> between you want to take the battery off or not? No, you, you need to put the ball away. You're getting too philosophical. <laughs> You're getting too deep. No, no, yeah, no. Well, as you know, we are here to analyze football so as anyway, much as we oh, can. Anyway, if, somebody's, if somebody's overdoing it, I'm so, football, I'm very, that's what you do. I'm very disappointed Put with the ball away. big teams. Very right. disappointed. Any, any big team that you're not disappointed with yet? I would say, I would say Brazil. All right. But uh, well, France as well, you know, they, they made changes the last game. Otherwise, they've been good. The next person who's written in is called Frank's Restaurant Shorts. Frank Schatz. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Spain was content with finishing second so they would play Morocco instead of Croatia? But they will be now. I don't think they would have been with 30 minutes to go. When they were staring at oblivion in the face. I think they'll be very happy that they played Morocco instead of Croatia, but no. I no, couldn't no. believe it when I was sitting no. watching one of the games on my phone. I think it was the Spain game, so that was kind of secondary. Germany game was up. And then when I heard the words Spain are out, I went, <laughs> what? Yeah, that's true. And I was looking at the clock, and I knew they'd made all those changes, and I knew Japan had got back in when they scored, then they scored the second. And then it was panic stations, and I was like, Spain are out. It's hard to get your right. head around that, happen. But do you believe Luis Enrique that he didn't know at any point what was going on elsewhere? That's that, that's no. That's just wrong. Yeah, that is completely no. wrong. Well, so I mean, who does that? Either he doesn't know the permutations, which he had to have done, and he had to have people on the uh, technical side or just behind it telling him what the scores were. Sure. And who was getting? I mean, his his wasn't coming down to bookings like the Poland game and Argentina. Is he that arrogant that he just he completely dismissed that they weren't going through? Is he that arrogant? Or just maybe dismissing anybody with the conspiracy theories that Spain settled for the loss, well, knowing that they settled. I don't think anybody who's in the game thinks they settled for the loss because at one point they were actually out. And you can't take that. Route. I think those people, some people are talking about the, maybe the last 10 minutes where they knew that Germany couldn't go back. Because so, they had to score, because they had a lot to score of like five goals, goals I think. Yeah. So maybe then they decided to uh, let it go because it uh, wasn't so important. But well, we'll see. Again, they have to play against yeah. Morocco. <laughs> it's not going to be easy, for uh, sure. For all, Ziyech is on fire. Yeah. If he continues this display, Potter surely has to start him. Thoughts? Well, yeah. I mean, if he plays like he plays now, of course you have to play. Ziyech is one of the best players in the world. Uh, if he's at 100%. We, we love his finesse, his finishing, everything, his crosses. He didn't show that yet for Chelsea, and we're still looking for it. But he, if the World Cup can launch his secondary career, let's say, uh, we would love that at Chelsea. Depends what he does when he goes back. It's the same thing with Pulisic, in a way. I don't think it changes a lot, other than the manager going, oh. That was a good side of you at the World Cup. Can you bring that to me? Mm -hmm. You know, he's, Potter is, he's, apart from the, the players not getting injured, and it doesn't help him any unless the player can come back and replicate that. Probably, maybe they need sometimes a wake-up call, you know, and uh, that's maybe for him uh, the possibility. The problem is, it, it, 
What do you have? Somebody like, well, somebody like Zag when they come back. What do you have? What do you have? Listen, don't ask that question. Be careful. So, for you, if you're a manager and there's a player away and he plays like, even if he. Even if a guy who who doesn't normally play, somebody like Zayas, goes away, plays for his international team, just on one of the international breaks, and has like a worldie. And? And we come back into training, and you can see the difference in them. It depends how long that lasts, as Craig of said. Of course, of course. Because if, if you've got a decision to make between two players, and you're not quite sure, and you've got a guy in Zayas who's just come off being unbelievable, <laughs> then you're going to go with him. Of course. But... Craig said, if, if that one game it goes back to what it used to be, then Man, see, it's, see you later. It can be worse after yeah. Yeah. See you later. If it lasts as long as that thing on his lip, I mean, it won't work. Yeah, I mean, was. I didn't know what he was looking for there. Yeah. So like, is, that, is that lunch? <laughs> No, I don't leave any. That'd be the lipstick. I don't leave no, that was the lipstick that he. Yeah. You notice when he finishes lunch, he's, yeah. off, he's got a, like a internal belt like Hoover. Oh, really? Vacuum <laughs> anything around the area. <laughs> if you don't walk past the area within a metre, you get, might get sucked in. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't. I don't usually miss much anyway. So. No. Okay. Don't you go stealing his chocolate though? Uh, it has been known. <laughs> now he did make. Um, he, he made a couple of schoolboy errors. And then he texted me, and I texted him, I said, schoolboy error, and he went, uh, not an error, did it on purpose. It wasn't an error. No. no. You, you left it out for I him. actually left, well, he doesn't want to. I left the bag of chocolate biscuits, all different kinds. Yes. Club biscuits, uh, Kit Kats, an assortment, right? Assort, yeah. I, I don't know. And everybody knew where they were, and I knew he knew where they were, and had no problem with having biscuits. We didn't have a biscuit. He had about four of them. <laughs> I wasn't and then he sends me a message. I wasn't alone. Schoolboy error. Who, uh, who else was involved? Uh, well, you must have been getting a window throwing them out of people walking past then. No, Dan. Because half of them were missing. Uh, Dan Thomas. There you go, Stevie. Dan, Dan Tom. Thomas was involved as well. Yep. Yeah. Don't, be, don't be bringing in wine gums in. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Steve, will you please, please, please rant at Lukaku and Zula? Bad performance. No, I can't. The, the, you can't. As I said in the show, if you don't feel bad for Lukaku, then you, you've got no heart. Yeah, exactly. You, you've got no heart. What about Zula? Because you said you weren't going to say any bad things about him, and then you proceeded to say really bad things about him during the show. No. I, in some ways, I actually feel bad for him as well. The fact that they keep playing him. You know, if a guy's making mistake after mistake after mistake, and yet he's put back in the fire line, then guess what's going to happen usually? He's going to make another mistake. But you know, on top of it, uh, I think people, you know, they focus on the players that we are talking about, but Rudiger today made a big mistake. Nobody talked about it, because yeah. normally he's excellent and uh, he does the job, but he tried to chip the ball over the guy and, uh, and, uh, and he missed it, and uh, Neuer saved the goal. But he could have been big time. Where Sula today didn't do any mistake. Well, but, I... but the problem the problem is when you have a player like Sula play next to you, <laughs> you get fragile. You're, you're, <laughs> well, you're 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 always on edge because you you're wondering whether he's going to make a mistake, mm -hmm. and so you end up being in the wrong position because you're you, you're looking to try and cover for what he might do wrong. That affects the whole team. So when he's playing game after game, you've got a goalkeeper and you've got other people in the back line who are not quite sure what he's going to do. That's a disaster for everybody.
everybody. Why do I have a hard time to look at you in your eyes today? Because I, I think your tie is very flashy. I don't know. Is that not? Don't you think? It's bright, you know. It's bright. Well, he, 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 he likes to brighten up. Yeah, exactly. He likes to tie it in with. I the, mean, to uh, be fair, with the extra time behind, <laughs> it's a sort of colour theme. He, he sort of blends with the. To be fair, I kind of made it up for you. You're a bit, you're a bit bland today, aren't you? Yeah. Is That's that nice. a kind of Celtic colours or? <laughs> It actually, it actually is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a Rangers fan, I probably yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. a little Celtic yeah. Frank, he's called your dress sense bland today. Bland, he said. Well, it is bland. Bland. Bus is bland. Bland is kind of... Nah. Kind of... Am I? No, no, no. Uh, Stevie's words, not mine. Am I? Like, like, a, like a dish with no taste. Like, yeah. not, not no taste stylistically. Well, let, like, let's the other, the viewers, you know saying what they want to say, maybe on extra well, time, on, you know, on, the, on, hey. on the internet, you know, you hey. can tell us what you think about no, go on, the way I dress, you know, even the Frankie. even the watch, you know, goes with the, the, the blue of my coat, or my jacket, sorry, and everything goes with my jeans, different colors, I have the shoes, but mine's the red, with the red here, I mean, come on. Frank, why don't you ask him? Who? Him? The, the viewer. Oh, the viewers, yeah, tell uh, me guys, what do you think yeah. about me? Will I care? I'm not sure about that, but... You, he was just being... He was just defending you earlier, saying that Ale had no right to say anything about your fashion, and now you've just gone in yeah, yourself. Yeah, well, well, that's true. That's true, by the way. I, I just don't want to say it. Are you a fashionista? Hey, well, you're in the right chair. Dan Thomas does what you did. Yeah, you're a fashionista. You said well. absolutely nothing like what I said. What did you say I was say talking about Ali Moreno. I was talking about Frankie. <laughs> so you agreed with Ale? No. Oh. You didn't like his white ribbed jeans? He didn't see it, he didn't watch the, <laughs> watch the show yesterday. Have you got white ripped jeans? Yeah. You're too old for that. Yeah, it's what my wife told me too. But she... Those days have gone, Frankie. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. But it's, it's still it's okay. Nice to be coming in here on the skateboard. <laughs> just come on, yeah. white ripped jeans. You know, I'm good. so happy that I come like 15 days a year, you know, and no more than that, because <laughs> I take all the blames, then I go back to France, then I see you being very serious, and sometimes too serious, then I come back, Brings a little bit of positivity, get all the blame again. <laughs> and what he's saying is you're all grumpy and boring and miserable. I love how he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> so you you bring positivity and the energy to this place. Blandness. Yeah. You also Blandness. started the bald craze for yeah. all men. Mm -hmm. You made it. Boss man in France. Uh, and we, people don't see Craig Burley smiling that. So much you know, for 15 there, days. There was a comment that when he that when Frank's in the studio, you're the happiest you are all I'm year. Not. I'm not. <laughs> it's, it's a forced smile. Oh, he's an actor now. And he wants to be the actor. Well, at least we've got one actor in the company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about doing a bit of acting. I believe it's quite easy. Well, you, you don't have the goulash uh, style. <laughs> I think I'm going to ask uh, Schmeichel. <laughs> Or Antonio Davies. Antonio, right? <laughs> well, we, we, sorry, but in French we say Peter Schmeichel. We don't say Schmeichel because the CH is sh. Oh. Okay, right. well, we'll pardon your French. I'm sorry so. for Alfonso Davies because. But I call. We got another one. I think I saw one day Sadio Mane. I call him. I don't know. <laughs> one more Sadio. question, which <laughs> I already know the answer to for you, Stevie. If you're a player who just got knocked out, would you be excited to return to your club team right away, or would you just want to hit the beach? Well, I'm not a beach man. Depend, depend, <laughs> depend on the beach. Yeah, I'm not, if I'm it's, not a beach uh, man. In Scotland, <laughs> I want to be somewhere beach. else. There wouldn't be a beach. Yeah, I want a break. Yeah. You want a break? Ah, yeah. But you don't deserve a break. You've been out, you, know, you go back fault. to your club, you work hard. 
You don't need a break. Why, why aren't you yeah. a beach man? Enough <laughs> 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 shirt. Oh my god. What happened, Kate? <laughs> Ginger here, pasty face Scotsman, why are you not a beach man? He's scared of, uh, he's also scared of the sharks, is that right? I tell you what, I'm scared of the sea. Don't leave them. Are you more scared of the sharks or of the sun? Nah, sharks. Well, you even, right, <laughs> I can cover myself up. Yeah. Serious question, how deep will you wade in? Just to walk? Two inches. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, go, you know when you people walk up and down the beach and some people walk <laughs> all these stones. I tell you, I don't go. I, it's, I only go as far as I have to. Dep if I've got the kids with me, then I'll go. I'll go depending on where they want to go. But so when the sharks come, you throw the kids. Oh what? <laughs> what? What do you wear? What, if you have to go to the beach, what would you wear? Speedos. <laughs> no! What, what every real man wears down the beach? Speedos! Speedos! Oh my god, get inside. Oh, oh you, my god. Bye bye, everybody. You're right. Okay, Speedo. You're right. Whatever. Right. Speedo. Are you wearing Speedo? All right, come well, from... I mean, if he's wearing them, I'll have to go. <laughs> Frank. Speedo. Hey, hey. Well, yeah, never, mind, right. never mind the beach. Never mind the beach. Never mind the beach. Years ago. Years ago. <laughs> a connoisseur of the swimming pool as well. We went to one of the local. Not me and him. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me before you, there was kids there, it wasn't me and him. Uh, we were at a swimming pool in our, one of our local towns. And he went, <laughs> he went, the diving board, right? <laughs> Outside swimming pool, the diving board, and they gave it that one, he got a bit confident, he went, hey, watch this. <laughs> and he ran down this diving board, right? Took a run up, slipped, right? Hit his toe into the thing. In the water, I went, oh. Oh, he's, that's quite good. And then he, he came out, right? <laughs> came out like this. He was walking back to the kids like this. I'll tell you what, I thought I broke I thought you lost your speed. Why did you do that? I didn't try. I didn't mean to do it. No, but why did you even do it in the first place? <laughs> Just run. Just run. Just run. Just run. Just try to show off to well, the I'll kids. I'll try to give it that one, there, yeah. <laughs> That's up there with falling through the ice. Oh my goodness. The thing is, I thought I covered it up well. I probably looked how he was when he was walking, but I didn't think that at the time. I thought, I'll just make sure nobody notices. At least you're with Craig, who was obviously very sympathetic to everything. Oh yes, oh yes. You never, you never did it again. <laughs> Do you know what? Did you notice earlier when you asked him about Lukaku? Did you feel for him? Right? He had to think about it. <laughs> and he actually did say yes at the end. But he actually had to think about Are it. Are you saying that he has no heart? Oh, that's what we just showed he does. That's, that's, very, very, that's very hard. Well, got I was bit. just taking a, taking a breath before I gave a thoughtful answer. Aye. Oh my God! You're an actor and, no, a yeah, and you're a politic as well. You know. No, we've already, already established. He was upset. Yeah, we've I'm established that Craig is one of the like nicest that. people you here, and he welcomes all the new people. <laughs> it's true. I cried yeah. when I got sent off <laughs> at the World Cup. <laughs> right enough. Yeah, there must have been no beers in the dressing room when yeah, you got yeah, back there. Uh, right. He was cold. Yeah. Okay. Well. There's a few things for you to think about for tonight. Stevie and the pool <laughs> and his speedos. Thanks so much for joining us on the latest edition of Extra Time. Speedos. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. I would like
we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 